Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Gym music is more valuable if it's thought of as a conversation between an audience and a band or if it's thought of as a conversation mainly within the band itself. Do you mean the the purpose of it? Yeah, almost like the creative aspect of it, like in terms of the playing. Like, Do you think of the songs as a conversation between you and the audience, or is it a conversation between you as four individuals playing off of each other within the group? It's the only way you look at it, I think, is the audience. Like we were talking, I was talking to this with Mark, the producer. Your entire success is predicated upon people, like other people. Like you, nothing is really with, I mean, you can write good songs, but like, that's not enough. So, so it has to, uh, its only focus is to please other people because they are essentially what make you successful. Other people. At the same time, it's not like you sit though and, and manufacture something only to please people. You obviously still have to be happy with what you're doing and enjoy the process of making it. But I think it's important to think about the way it'll connect with an audience who are listening to the record or watching it live in a room because it's that connection like Liam says that's going to build the relationship between you and your fans it just has to be real doesn't it that's that's it it just has to be and because our songs are things that have actually happened and things that we've heard or whatever then there's a guarantee that at least somebody will have been through it or experienced it so and it's not like you're we're singing about a hotel on the moon here <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think that still resonates a little bit as well sometimes, though. Uh, I think once you're at a certain point, once you're at a certain point where you can release anything and people will buy it, you're afforded more creative freedom. But I think when you're trying to get on the ladder and work your way up the ladder, you have to just sort of be a voice for a voice for people. Does that force you to be more creative, though? If you kind of are trying to exist within those confines of something that you know needs to kind of resonate or kind of fill a certain purpose. It's only lyrically, though. 
really, because musically, you, I mean, as long as it fits within three and a half minutes, you can kind of do whatever you want. Certainly didn't think it's hindered the creative process. I think lyrically, you, you think of smarter ways to say things without explicitly saying them. Or at least that's what I try and do. Because I think that's like, again, I'd use Arthur Monkins as the reference, but their first album done that better than probably any other. Said a bunch of things without really saying a bunch of things. I think that's where the creativity comes into it. Or certainly more of it, anyway. Does that change when an idea comes to you? Like when a lyric kind of pops into your head, does it now arrive a little bit more perhaps fully formed than it once did? Or does it arrive in that way where you're saying something in a slightly smarter way naturally now? Well, we always look at things being too soft because you always want to I mean depending on the song 95% of our songs are relatively finger pointy and sort of quite angst fueled if you will <laughs> but it's, it's how it's how we how we can get across a point without it being a bit too nice it's how do we make this a bit more yeah that's pretty much it how, how do we make it more I suppose uh, angsty can how do we make a point seem harder um, or a turn of phrase or or something um, so what, what were you asking there does the does the idea come to you already on that different turn of phrase or does it come so like I think a lot a lot of the time the phrase will come I don't know say you were talking about like the phrase if you want to say I love you in a roundabout way would the roundabout way come first or would you think I want to say I love you how can I say it yeah I, I mean there's probably an element of Probably an element of both. I think because I'm dead colloquial. Are you? Anyways, I would, tr- <laughs> I would, I try and incorporate that as much as I can in songs. I mean, sometimes it can happen where you have to. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Into the elbow. You have, nice. Yeah, into the into the elbow, though. Of course, uh, you, you have to you have to analyse more, so you put more focus on the storyline as a whole. So, so where do we want this to go? Does it so we're roughly going in the direction of, oh my god, I really miss you. It's like, well, right, well, how do you say that? Or you'll you'll get the line and go... What am I saying here? I, what, like, I have to, I, like, we have to work back for that line. So it's like, right, we've got the line saying this, so how do we preface before that to to make it that sort of harsher way of saying it, or more colloquial way of saying it? It's like a process of reacting, isn't it? It's like mm-hmm. you have that pure emotion there and then trying to make it sound... A little bit. Well, it's wittier. just ah, it just gets a bit like I, I just didn't want it to be. I think it would be disingenuous if it was really, really sappy because I just would, I would personally never say it like that. Like for instance, some of our songs have "I love you" in it, but I would like to think that we've. I mean, I would like to talk about a song here that has that in it. Oh. Ah, oh, fuck it, I'll just talk about it. So we've got a song called Save Me, right? Where the lyric is, I'm choking to get back on track. I love you to the moon and back, right? Now, if it had just been I love you to the moon and back, that's quite rom-com soft, which there is nothing wrong with, <laughs> but it's, you know, that's that's quite a kind of... Absolutely nothing wrong with a good rom-com. Brian Adams, uh, you know... Uh, Look into my eyes, like that song. You know what is that song again? Uh, Everything I do, I do it for you. That that's very much in that realm. Whereby prefacing, I'm choking to get back on track. 
how I mean and choking is obviously like I'm desperate it's just another way of saying it which we thought about um <laughs> by prefacing it with that you can then say I love you to the moon and back because you would say that you would say oh I love you to the moon and back it's just a throwaway kind of line whereas if you were taking it dead seriously and you know I love you to the moon and back then then it ceases to become angsty or harsher or you know I just think it ceases to become interesting but by prefacing it where I'm choking to get back on track just the idea well I'm choking like that's something I would say daily oh I'm choking to get this done I'm choking for a haircut or, or x y and z I'm choking to do things so I think there's ways and means you can dance around the point really you almost have to create a space to be that vulnerable in the song well, you kind of have to pad it. You have to bookend it either side with something. Exactly. Because if you were just, it's a balancing act, because if you were just either really, really angsty and trying too hard to be angsty, then folk are just like, well, I mean, this is just trying too hard. Whereas if you get the balance between angsty and, you, and well, actually, I probably would say that, then then I think you're, you're on to something. Um I think we've spoke about this before. It's almost just like creating your own universe, almost. It's like creating your own world, if you will. And Because I, in terms of sound-wise, I mean, it's very difficult to, these days to sound revolutionary, if you will, whereby the likes of your strokes or whoever, you just need to hear the music and you would go, oh, well, that's obviously the strokes or that's obviously this person. It's hard now with so much music. So I think you can maybe garner a bit more success at that lyrically maybe I, I don't know maybe that's just my way of thinking on it but I think it's part of that just like an internet thing now as well though because I mean the Strokes weren't particularly doing anything new at the time when they came out either it was just maybe people didn't have the same access to those reference points to see it so well, clearly in fairness though when they did come about which was 2001 Stroke 2 I mean that just the, it wasn't an indie guitar band scene it was it was a mix of like really pop, like Britney Spears and all that. But then I guess what's different now is if you wanted to find out more about the New York indie guitar scene, you could. Oh, no, if to- you were aye, living aye, in Scotland totally. in two thousand and one, you would only see what's being put to you from that scene, totally. which would be aye. them. So you would think, oh, no one else is doing that. But then there actually might be, and they're just not getting out there. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing though, because it kind of gives the quality more space to breathe, or greater opportunity rather. Or not the quality, but it kind of gives it a fairer platform, if you know what I mean. Hi, it certainly gives, like, it's, it's easier to be influenced by people now, I think. Because there's so much to take Exactly, from. because there is so much. So it's a double-edged sword, really, because there's that much music that you can get caught up in things and you can get lost in things. And it's probably more difficult to stand out now than it was back then, because... I mean, even when, I keep using the example, but I mean, even when Arthur Monkeys came about, that was like LimeWire and stuff like that, 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 uh, what, what was the other site? Was it MySpace? MySpace, yeah. Uh, so they were like the MySpace band and all the attention was focused on them, whereby there was probably a hundred other bands in Sheffield at the time doing the same thing, <coughs> Melbourne, who were basically doing exactly the same as the Arthur Monkeys. It just so happened that the Arthur Monkeys obviously got the, Got the push. I think also you've got Turner, who's probably lyricist wise. There's someone. There's something a little bit different going oh, on. No, hundred percent. I mean, he's just ridiculous. At, um, <laughs> at, at that, I mean, a, a lot of it 
I certainly, I think a lot of the latter ones are just like, well, what are you talking about? But number one party anthem, for example, where there's this whole discrepancy, does he say leather jacket, collar popped like Cantina? Or does he say leather jacket, collar popped like Antenna? Either is very clever, but if, I mean, if he says Cantina, that is just unbelievable <laughs> lyric. Like, I mean, that honestly, how you could think of saying that is ridiculous. So that song's very much at the best example of uh, saying someone without explicitly saying someone. So uh, he's in a he's in a different world, him with his lyrics. Do you think about what we've just been speaking about there quite a lot in terms of what kind of separates you and what makes your world different and what makes it unique? I think it's certainly something we're focusing on more now. Definitely, yeah. Especially like the way we've been working in terms of kind of making the music. We've been making it more. Like a lot of time before, we would work on one song at a time. Whereas now we've kind of been working more on bodies of work at once. So then when you're doing that, I think you actively think about, well, how can I make this next song totally not the same as what we've just been working on uh, type thing because I think for a period of time didn't mind admitting this but like we were very much just within the like you're just an indie whatever an indie band is now but but like an indie rock band who done the the three minute big chorus song and there's nothing wrong with that and that's we've been fortunate enough that that's managed to get us to a certain point I mean, I talk about this all the time, but I think the lines have been blurred now, whereby you didn't have to just be that. Best example of it, the now is probably the 1975, uh, whereby each single is like just a total curveball. But they still have the, at, at this sort of centre, it, it's still the 1975, but they just wear multiple outfit changes throughout their, their production and their songs, which is just really interesting and keeps people totally on their toes because people like so many different kinds of music so I think it's quite an interesting concept to to experiment with that and and again for this for, for you to say well this song kind of sounds like it could fit in this kind of space and then alternatively this song sounds like oh this could this could fit in here and it's really hard without showing you examples uh, the songs that we have to say, look and look and look and look. Um, well, when Sam, when you sent me that demo folder over like a while back, every song on that was completely different and kind of existed in a different space. But yeah, it was still unified by what we've been speaking about in terms of your kind of songwriting voice, and you can still tell it's totally, a retro yeah. riff and stuff, you know. Which is, I think, what we've actively been trying to consider when we've been making the songs. At the same time, when you've been making them more like compactly, like in a shorter space of time, making more music, it's more fun to try different things than just try to do different versions of the same thing. Do you know what I mean? Totally. Like, Given that we've been going down to London, the the producer that we work with is very much housed in the pop world, which is right on my street. So, so there is a, a I mean, he he'll pull on the reins a bit if you're if you're starting to get a bit too like. Oh well, what about this? And we're always conscious. Of, there's no point putting someone in for something's sake. Like it has to, there has to be a purpose, purpose. purpose in it being yeah. in there. So I, it's, it's it's interesting. Um, you hear that in this new single, like there's not everything that's in that song kind of feels like it's been watered and perfected to get it as good as it can be. And there's no real space. It's like a bullet. It's like bang, bang, bang the whole way through. 
with every section. So to take an example of that then, so see see the kind of middle eight section of Checkmate where Liam's kind of doing Spoken the talking word, yeah. part, right? That was just an instrumental. Which was like double the length. And then and then Mark's kind of like, well, it needs, it needs a purpose. Like there needs to be a reason for that to be there. Otherwise, why is it there? So then we had to kind of think about how we can turn that section into an actual purposeful section rather than just a transition to get to the next bit. Do you know what I mean? Uh, it's like putting a twist on that kind of classic retro breakdown. Kind of. And, and when we had, I mean, I, I always liked that bit anyway. Like that, da, 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 da. I always quite liked that. I mean, we knew we were going to keep that in, but it was just how do we, how do we make this just a bit more like something s- s- concise, if you will? How do we make it again? How do we make it stand out a bit? And we'd been playing about with the with the megaphone, which is laced throughout the song, and then Mark was just like here, <laughs> just, <laughs> and then I was like, all right, and then. I think we sort of came up with a concept of putting a spoken thing in because I kind of wanted to address what I'd been saying previously. So I was like, look, this just happens every weekend and it's the latest, a new trend and you sell time you never spend and all this sort of stuff. So when we went back to the cottage that night, I was just like, right, well, what do I really want to say that, that can convey what is actually happening? And then we came up with that and I think it works quite well. So, I uh, it's with, with regards to checkmate though. I think Sam will agree with me on this. It's probably the closest to what we've done. I mean, it's definitely the closest to what we've done previously. But I think there's elements in it that just sort of indicate that that there's got to be more more a uh, change. And when I say change, I don't mean like we're no suddenly we've got to become an electro pop band or anything like that. Um, I just mean that that there's there's more, maybe just more thought in it now. Trying trying some new stuff. Aye, maybe there's just more thought in it now than than there perhaps was before. It feels like to use you know we we're speaking about the Strokes earlier to kind of use that analogy. It feels like if everything you had done before was is this it? It feels like your room on fire. If you know what I mean. It's taking Aye. that sound and kind of just perfecting it and tightening it up and mm-hmm. because I, I think there is a, a I think there is a space for for what we are doing. I think there is a space for that. And I've always said that we're never going to reinvent the wheel, but you just have to become better than everyone else doing the same thing, really. Um, <laughs> so that's what we're endeavouring to do. Are you competitive? A, a, <laughs> extraordinarily competitive, mate. <laughs> I'll give you an example of how competitive I am, right? I played Warzone last night, right? <laughs> and the last game that we played, I'd done about 900 damage or something and I had no kills, right? And I had, it was the unluckiest game ever. It's always unlucky. No, right, no, no, in fairness, I mean, that was unlucky, right? And to be honest, I've, I've only just found the new meta, so I'm, I'm on that AUG train now and it's, and it's unreal. But anyways, I digress. So I was saying to my pals were like, oh, this is like my last game, I'm going off. And I was like, I can't go off. Like, I, I literally can't turn the computer off until I rectify this. So I, so I had to jump into plunder and rectify it and kill a bunch of people. So... <laughs> uh, Otherwise, I would literally would have been sat in my bed, like, Raging. thinking about how the fuck I was, like, how did I know Kelly man? So, that's how bad you that do, is, mate. Like, in any aspect of life, Liam is very oh, mate, competitive. Ridiculously. 
And it's actually a hindrance because it means I can't enjoy anything, really. Because I just, unless, like, unless I win <laughs> or unless I'm fucking performing at, like, a level I think I should be performing at, then it's just not, it's n- no enjoyable at all. So it's a bit of a curse, really. But would you be as driven as you are if you didn't have that? Probably no. Um, what I think is good, though, is, like, we're not all that. You balance it out in the band. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So we kind of balance out amongst the four of us. That, like, competitiveness. And, and I think that competitiveness or the drive kind of thing is, has helped us with a lot of key points in our life as a band thus far. Like, I'll, I'll be the people... I get, I get slagged for being the opposite of that. Like, when we played Liquid Rooms, for example, the first time, I just would have been happy to do a venue we'd already done. Whereas... Liam's more like, we can't just do the same thing as what other people are doing, the same thing that we've done before. We have to try and do the next best thing, the bigger thing, that we need to try this. Even if we never felt like it was the right time to do it, it was very much like, we just need to try it. And that's why we would do that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Have you changed now, though? Because when it comes to the kind of social media side of things and the content kind of schedule, which I know you're in control of, you always seem to try and be coming up with fresh ideas and do something different and do something new. I guess, but then there's not as much risk involved with that. It's harder to fail on that stuff, I, I think, in terms of like, and if you do fail, it's not like, do you know what it's I mean? It's not the end of the world. It's just risk whereas for reward, isn't it? Whereas if you book a venue that's bigger than you are at the point and then the time comes around and you've sold no tickets, then that's, a, that's like bad. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I put a video out that I've came up with and it underperforms, then... It's not as catastrophic. Just, just uh, make it. Just make another, make one, another one, and it's fine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm still like, it depends. It depends on the situation, I guess. What risk do you think's paid off for you most? First liquid rooms. Yeah, probably the playing liquid rooms for the first time. Because we'd done, um, Mash House in the October. Was it? Yeah. We'd done Mash House in the October, which was two twenty, and 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 that had sold out a week in advance, which at the time was, I mean amazing for us like honestly we couldn't believe that we'd done it and th- I think that was the first time that we were like I don't know who these people are <laughs> it's not just my mom and dad I mean? it's not just your mates yeah. or I mean like that was the first time that people were buying tickets and then it was through the big cartel we're buying tickets and we were we were looking at it going I didn't know it Cause we, we also these put people? that show on ourselves, like we booked the venue ourselves, done all the ticket in ourselves. Like everything was just us. Mm-hmm. So for it to have that kind of response was just really surprising. The liquid rooms one. No, no, no. Uh, the no, match okay, we actually did. Okay, okay. We we um, did do liquid rooms one as well, though. You did that yourself as well. So then it was a case of once we'd done mash house. What Sam was talking about there is he was reluctant to to do liquid rooms, and I was saying like we have to do liquid rooms now because either. We day liquid rooms and it sells out and we break out of the mould or we, we didn't, but, but it's kind of now or never. that Because otherwise we would have just done another 200 cap and maybe it sells out again and, and then you just go around in a circuit, which loads of bands do. So having the bottle to go, right, let's just, oh. let's just book the liquid rooms. <laughs> no, because it, it really could have fucked us though, that. Like it really could have been like we try and do it, we sell half the venue, we maybe sell three hundred tickets or something, and then we'll end up with egg on your face. But but 
I mean, it was only, what, five months later. It was February. February the 23rd that, that we'd done it. Tw- 24th. No, it was the 23rd. It was Kieran's birthday. So it was, which is the 23rd. Um, <laughs> so, and then, and then it sold out. And that was another thing. We just booked it ourselves. We ran it. And, and it, we, yeah, we got, we got them. It was amazing. So we went to Propaganda, the like club night, and we were saying to them, the guy that was running that at the time, like, we want to do this. Can you like help us get the venue? We'll put your name on the poster and do like an after party thing and all that. So it was good. It was like a big undertaking to like do, but it was, it paid off. But that's definitely what, what allowed us to, to kick on because that was sort of the first like, time anyone would have seen us I mean if, if you hadn't have seen us before and you came to that show I mean the Liquid Rooms for a, for an unsigned band like that yeah, we didn't have management like or nothing no agent, no management, all. nothing at all just the four of us so to come and see a full Liquid Rooms for an unsigned band would have been like wow and it was the first I mean obviously I say the Mash House was like oh I didn't know any of these names but I mean that Liquid Rooms one was literally like well, we definitely didn't know 600 people. <laughs> yeah. um, so Kieran's still convinced that they only came I know, because it was his birthday. He's a slave <laughs> him, though. Um, but th- th- that, w- that allowed us, that, that risk that we, th- we took there was definitely the biggest one because everyone then had to pay attention. Like, there, w- there was no denying what we'd achieved. So, and then miraculously... Agents start getting in touch. Managers start getting in touch. So that so that really got the got the ball rolling for us. So that was definitely the 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 sort of highest payoff, if you will, risk wise. That one musically. Do you feel that some of the songs that are coming up soon this year are kind of risks? Yeah, hundred percent. What does that kind of do for the feeling you have? Looking, let's go. Right, so we're talking. Let's talk twenty nineteen compared to this year. How do the feelings at the beginning of the year? differ to now when you kind of have this feeling that you're going to be taking some risks this year in a slightly different way the the thing i think that's different is we have a plan this year we have those risks are in place like whereas 2019 we were very much our way of working was we would make a song we'd put a song out once it's out we'd think right let's write the next one make another song whereas we very much have spent the time and obviously lockdown was shit but with having that time to be able to go and plan and make music ahead of a year that we can say, right, we're going to start here and this is the end goal for the year and we've plotted out those, the singles, the changes, whatever's happening, the the differences in the music. I think it's, that's like a different, a different thing between 2019 and, and now. And, and like I was saying earlier, before it's all released, we've had this, like we've had a load of music made it's made the creative process different and the risk taking the risks I think has been a result of that of the way we've made them I think yeah and I think what you were saying earlier about that liquid room show in regards to kind of timing and how important timing was and it's kind of about just hitting it on that sweet spot if you have these five singles planned out that allows you to kind of have more control over that you can make sure that you're landing that timing and sticking the landing so that it's going to hit with the impact it needs to and arrive at a moment that feels right for it Totally, that's obviously a bit up in the air in terms of like everything going on because usually you would, like chemistry came out at the same time we played Liquid Rooms for example, like that day or the week before whereas it's hard to plot that now in terms of the the, shows. the life side of things but it's good that we have that, 
the the music in place so when we can start putting these other plans in place it's it's we'll link up it's exciting I'm, I'm looking forward to everyone hearing what we've been working on yeah although it's been a year where you've not been in the kind of spotlight as much it almost sounds like it's been a year where it's had more progression than any other absolutely yeah hard to be though because i mean we could have just not done anything i think a lot of bands will be in the position whereby like they'll know i've done anything really like they'll know it's hard because it was like especially the first half of, of the lockdown it was like we didn't have we had we'd been writing and stuff but we didn't have a new new song to put out we didn't have anything to push and it was like you had to pull engagement with nothing fans really. from from nothing and it was really hard and i think that's a hurdle that certainly some artists and bands might have fallen at in terms of this this last year um so it was trying to keep up that but then when we had the opportunity to go in and and make music like you say i think it's definitely been one of our most productive on that side of things did this song start life in the notebook in the same way as the others uh, it did actually it was the first <laughs> Believe it or not, we've actually had this song for ages. And we never thought of it, or certainly I never thought of it, I don't know if Sam's the same, but I never thought of it as being like this song. Um, I never thought of it being, I mean, I didn't think it was a bad song, but I thought, eh, it's all right. But I, I kind of have lost perspective a bit on songs. Maybe a few years ago, I could write a song and be like, oh, this is a really good song. Whereas now I'm like, that's well, just a song and I, I'll let other people decide if it's any good. Is that because you're writing more? Probably, I. But just, I think because we're experimenting with the production more now, it's harder for me to hear how the song will sound like. Whereby before... In the, in the early stages. I, whereby before, mean, yeah. it was like, well, I know it's got to be heavy guitars and this. Like, I knew it was got to be this type of thing whereas now it's like now we're bowing to what the song demands rather than what we would normally implement on it so so if the song requires a drum machine and it requires a body synths then that's just what it requires um we're not we're not trying to change it to be like oh well it has to have these guitars in it and it has to have and we're we're just Whatever the song needs, the song gets. Because then uh, I think you, you're just, I mean, I don't know what it sounds disingenuous here, but I think you're then true to the song. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, which sounds like me being a fanny and like loads of folks say, but uh, it's very much like that now. So I'm finding it difficult to, to initially hear because I'll start on an acoustic guitar or, or the piano or whatever. And I'll hear, well, it could be this. But then you're like, well, actually... I mean, it could be anything like playing this. So it's, it's then deciding, well, what kind of hat does this wear? I mean, at the core of it, there'll obviously be the guitars and bass and the drums and all that stuff. But it's just what what kind of outfits do, what, will it wear? So I think I think it is more difficult now. Is that what's almost making it feel like more of a risk as well? The way that you kind of have to completely give yourself to the song? And although you're still in control, you're almost not because you're doing what the song demands rather than what might be a retro video club structure that you would usually that, implement. Aye, that, that is fair. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm, I absolutely love the idea of uh, trying these things. And what's worth stressing is, it's not like we're trying things that you would get in like metal or 
anything like that. It's, well, it's, well, 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 actually, I, I say that, right? Because Mark's dead poppy, it's, it's just, because they're just pop songs anyway, and they always have been, and they always will be. So now it's just steering head on into that and just saying, well, it's just, it just has to have this in it, doesn't it? And it has to have this and no, no trying to hide away for anything. There's an element like I, I, I don't even, I would always say like I don't even think we're a cool band, right? I don't even think that that you could listen to our songs and go, oh, they're cool. I think with this this newer stuff that we're doing, it's not even necessarily like oh we're more cool now. It's just like I think anyone that that would listen to them would go, fair play for for just <laughs> trying totally different stuff that's a review to put on it eh? <laughs> fair play Again, Liam Allison. maybe not even even if they didn't like it just respecting it and and going well actually fair enough that's for a for an indie good meat and potatoes guitar band that's a bit that's quite a move you were always saying a minute ago as well about kind of doing what feels right for the song mm-hmm. do you have the narrative of the song mapped out beforehand what are you kind of what's guiding you when you're doing that and doing what feels right for the song what are you kind of looking at and trying to build toward just a big pop hit <laughs> <laughs> um really <laughs> no nah, i think when well for me good songs right so if you think about like really good songs they could wear really any hat because ultimately the song's just really good anyways and i'm it's that thing that if you play it with a exactly if you play it with an acoustic guitar like if you play sweet child of mine with an acoustic guitar it's still a good song and if you play again i will survive that's why that's the did not expect you to pick that as an example if you play i will survive (laughs) with an acoustic guitar it's still a really good song so that's ultimately at the core of everything that we've ever done and ever will do that's like the thing so if I played it on acoustic guitar and sung it, would it would it be a good song still? So that's kind of what steers it. And then for there, it's just a case of saying... I think it, like one thing as well is like the type of song. So like, for example, like such a mundane example, but like reverb. Liam hates reverb, right? Well, but when I, we I do, don't hate when we, reverb. When we do like a slower, <laughs> more ballady song is becoming more it needs some reverb so we'll give it what what like do you know what i mean that's the type of song that it is is what what will help guide where it goes do you know what i mean like we used to i think have a similar idea of what we wanted the vocals to sound like across the board or what we wanted the guitars to sound like across the board whereas now if it's a certain type of song and it doesn't feel like it needs what we would initially think we want to put on it then it doesn't get it. I think that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. And it's very much, believe it or not, it's very much just parking your ego at the door, right? And saying, well... Massive car parks. When he says, <laughs> right? When he says, oh, they like reverb and that. The re- my reasoning for that is, right, I think you lose bags of character out of your guitar playing your vocal when you drown things in reverb because then it just sounds like anything else really unless there's a I love unless, unless there's a distinct <laughs> can because I, I just like to like there's just far more character for me in like dire straits guitar playing and 
uh, get like the strokes guitar playing and stuff than there would be in and I'm not saying it's bad but I always talk to Sam about it it just becomes far more passive music if nothing is spiking my interest so it's too safe if I if, if something's drowning in reverb if a song's drowning in reverb and the vocals are drowning then I'm just like well this just sounds like a big mush really it just sounds like a big mushy song um, mushy whereby I mean, and you can you can have reverb in a song like Sam's talking about. We have the, a song that it was like, well, this just has to have this. But there's things on top of it that are really spiky that grab your attention. It's not just everything's just sort of washed in this reverb. It's it's. I think it's funny. Like we definitely across. I mean, mainly me and you have got pretty different opinions on music that we like in terms of what we would listen to if we were just in the car or whatever. Aye. But then it, it definitely becomes, because we are ve- we are making one song, they end up with this mix of like different things that we both... And I think the producer, Mark, like he's a good adjudicator between saying, well, it, it, it needs this, and it needs this, and it needs this. So you didn't end up, can it never ends up being like, oh, well, it just, it just ends up being what it is. Like... It just is that, so ergo, it has to be that. All the all the music I listen to, like Mikey, I'll put like a playlist on and just zone out and and work away and stuff. And I just can't I ever imagine being able to do that because every song that I listen to, or I like to think that every song that I listen to is just so like active. So it's so it's actively wanting me to listen to it. It's not just like a passive sort of song that I could put in the background and no listen to. And and that's probably doing to virtually everything I listen to being massive pop hits and that. Like I didn't really listen to a lot of bands anymore. Like I listen, I listen to... You're sounding like the guy from Maroon 5. <laughs> I don't, there's no bands there's no band Oh anymore. no, he's a rocket, huh, man? That, that was the first CD I got. Do you know that? Um, Maroon fa- songs about Jane. Songs about Jane, Jane. Ah, it's great. Brilliant it's really album. Great really album. Good, eh? Shame, shame. There's just no bands anymore. True. Like for instance, right? Some <laughs> some of my last saved songs are "Who Knew" by Pink, right? And "We Didn't Start the Fire," Billy Joel, "Strong Enough" by Cher, again that like "Mess Around" by Ray Charles, and, and that sort of stuff. Always on my mind by Pet Shop Boys. All the classics. Um, like they're too good. No, it just listen to and sing along to you know for me like they're 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 laced with so many things that you can't help but start singing them or or sort of become involved in when you're listening to them so listen i say that against reverb and stuff but it's not that i have an issue with reverb it's just that i think you have to be very smart in how you use it because otherwise you'll sound like nothing really you just sound like any other band that could f- whack on a lot of reverb that's just my my thinking on it mate it's not that i didn't like it and i and i do use it a wee bit on vocals and i and i use it on guitar and stuff but you just have to be smart i think in how you use it if if you're washing your whole song with it, anybody could do that couldn't they and i just think it hides a lot of character and it hides a lot of the details and and folks guitar playing it's like could you imagine mark knopfler drowning his guitar in reverb it's like imagine Sultan's swing uh, w- drown in reverb it just wouldn't work with it 
Nah, I think there's a time and a place for it. I think that's what I'll say. There's a time and a place for it, mate. It's got a long point to get to. Nah, time I a, don't t- like Reaver. Time and a place. <laughs> it's not that I didn't like it, I'm telling you. It's not that I didn't like it. It's just too many folk rely on it. I, I believe the initial point of that question was we have different opinions on things and the end result is a mixture of those. Exactly. <laughs> when you listen back to a mix, at what point do you stop hearing it? as either side of your opinions and it just kind of coalesces the song can you get to a place of that kind of emotional detachment so you can get the perspective nowadays I because I'm just like well if it sounds good then it's just it sounds good doesn't it that, that's very much where I am now it's like I, I'm definitely less so getting, I find it harder to, to be won over on like even if it suits the song I still I'm more difficult to win over on something I don't like so basically what he's sense. saying is he finds it harder to park his ego <laughs> in the car park <laughs> that's what he's saying basically but like I don't know it's weird especially with like mixes and things to bring it to this single I think it's strange because usually when I get a master back or mixes and stuff from the minute we get our first mix to the song comes out it's usually all I would listen to all the time like when I'm in the car I'll have it on I'm the same about. in fairness but I've not really been in the car or been out walking about or doing anything so I've not it's a different in this one where I've not really listened to it and the approach that much whereas usually it's pretty like intense on it all the time until eventually it's out there and then it's like nothing I could do it's not it's not ours anymore it's gone type thing but whereas that's I, when you get the closure yeah kind of like I, so I always say like and I'll never listen to our songs that are out once they're out but it's literally all I'll listen to before they come out. When was the last time you heard something like Psycho then? Like the recorded version of it? I, could, I honestly can tell you. In fairness, I'm actually the same. I didn't even listen to listen to the band really. Kieran's had us as his top artist on the Spotify rap thing <laughs> for like the last then, few years. Listen, I, I heard Josh Holm talking about it on, on Joe Rogan actually and he was saying it's like, well why wouldn't I listen to my band? It's like, they're my favourite band. It's like, they should, I, yeah, they I get, should yeah, be yeah, your totally. favourite band because they're you're you're making music that should be a mixture of all everybody that influences you. So it should be like, oh my god, this is a mixture of everything that I love. So it should be the should be your favorite thing. And and I, I do think get I'll, his point. I mean, I do. I, I listen very analytically to our songs. I would say that's why I would listen to them before they come out because if there's things I want to like change or, I mean, obviously it's too late now. Even like to change things if it's mixed and mastered and stuff but you still always listen to it with an opinion or or coming up with things to do with it like ideas for videos or artwork or whatever before it comes out you find myself constantly thinking about all these other aspects of the song whereas once that's once it's out and it's kind of like done and it's there's nothing else I can do it's like well I just never really find myself obviously we we play them uh, so you listen then I think now, I think now, I'm very much coming more round to the idea that people just take things for what they are. So I'm well aware that that we'll put everything under the microscope far more intensely than than the fans will, and and ultimately something either sounds good or it doesn't. Because I was like Sam, I was very much like, oh, th- this needs to be louder and this needs to be heavier and that but ultimately if it sounds good like my pal Raf told me that he was like if it sounds good mate then it just sounds good and and 
He's right. Again, if it does, if it sounds good, it sounds good. Again, it's no, there's no really any way to, to dress that up. It's just, again, if it sounds good, it sounds good, and that's it. People will just take it for what it is. <laughs> Let's say that again, just one more time for us. <laughs> sounds good, it sounds good. Um, so I've... The Josh on one's an interesting one, though, the point you were making at the start of that, because, I don't know, I'd be interested to know how he hears it. Like, if he has managed to get to a point where he just hears it as a song and he's divorced himself from all of the personal experiences yeah. that he has had surrounding it. Well, Joe, Joe Rogan never asked him that, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but I understood his point. Um, I mean, I wouldn't I'd any listen to the band, really. I mean, obviously, if we're making new songs, then I'll listen to them. But, like, I'll not listen to the, the back catalogue, if you will. I'm not I think to that. it goes back to the point you were saying about the the conversation between you and the audience and before you put it out you're thinking about that conversation when you put it out it's almost like your side of the conversation so and them listening to it it's, it's like their side now and then the only other times that i'll listen to the old stuff or the music that we have out is when we're playing it but again that's then in a direct connection with the fans and it's another yeah. conversation like the show is a call and response yeah so it's like i don't know i just think there's always like you have it and they have it and then you both have it in this setting type thing. There's never a time after I've given it over to them that I want to have it back. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's done. Last time we spoke, when we did that interview at Transmit, I remember you said something, Liam, where whenever you put a character into a song, you kind of learn something about them, or you get a slightly new perspective. You'll learn something about the characters that you're dealing with, the external ones, other people. Mm -hmm. On this song, what did you learn about the people you were talking about? Uh, good question. Rather than learning something, I think I've just c- continued the like continued the world, if you will. So, f- so for instance, the terminology that we use in this song, and it's kind of a touch on like the colloquial lyrics again. It's the terminology that we use. So, like, I mean, the lyric in the song, you see the remnants of your mates, baby gates, wifed up, checkmate. I could imagine the character in Famous or I could imagine the character in 3AM or saying that and and likewise would save me and, and stuff. I could imagine him saying that or... It's like train spotting. You, I, pop up another story. Kind of, I, I could imagine them using the same terminology and, and stuff. Which is to be expected, I suppose, if obviously if you write a bunch of songs and... um, But I think, more than anything, that's probably what I've learned for it. Like I I think it was important to to maintain that because maybe subconsciously um people can do kind of put them in this space. Um all these songs. Like I always talk about creating creating that universe for th- your songs to exist and your terminology and really great bands do that. Um so I'd like to think that we managed to maintain it. Keep keep the lyrics really grounded. I think ultimately that's where it stems for. If your words are really grounded, as with all the other songs that we have, I think they're very grounded as well and very much housed in the real world. Then you can keep that continuity throughout. Even all the music will maybe change and stuff. Um, You always have that that strand running through all of them. Does that make it easier for you to develop the song as well, Sam? Like when you kind of bring it in, if it's got that kind of grounded element to it? Uh, I guess. Like... Because there's always that element of it that's running through everything. So you know that that's like the retro video club part almost. So then whatever way you 
whatever way you decorate it. I think it takes the pressure off building a song up because no matter the way you, you dress it, it'll still have the the, the element running through them all. Do you know what I mean? So it'll still be a retro video club song, even if it's likely I'm used to term wearing a different outfit or whatever. So even if you dress it up differently, there's still got the strains that are running through them all. Yeah, you have those elements that are going to keep it consistent no matter what. Yeah, totally. That's just a personality thing, really, isn't it? I think yeah, you, all, that's you want to try new thing. things, but you don't want it to sound like a different band. You like a band because you like the band. You don't want to listen to their next single and it just sounds like a different band. You still want those elements to carry through all of your music, even though you're going to want to try new things and new styles or, or, or whatever. Personality is a good good term there because it's like the reverb thing as well. I think that... that can take away a lot of personality for for the musical side of a band. And I think, again, lyrically, if you can keep that songs that are grounded and, and that, that talk about real stuff and everyday terms and all that kind of thing, then you can impose your personality. Because anybody that knows me, or I like to think anybody that knows me, would know that I would say all they things. And that's how I would say them. And so I think it's... Uh, I think that's what what maybe people can attribute. That's where people attribute meaning because ultimately all these songs are for people that are just like us, really. I mean, at the end of the day as well, I always say, if it's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> I, can't, I'm saying exactly, Sam. You're right. And so I, ultimately, these, these songs are just for um, Ken, for boys and girls like me. So... Do you ever hear yourself saying things that you think I'd like to put that in a song? Oh. With what you're saying, that it feels so tight to your oh, voice. Yeah. Mo- like, I would say, I'm choking it, d- d- and Sam will back me to the hill on that. Like, I would say that. I would say, oh my God, choking to do this, or choking to go to the pictures, or, like, I would just say that. I, I think it's, uh, I just think the things are, well, well, get your personality across in songs eh? I think that's what I think yeah to, important. To, to go back to the, the question I think it's good when there's an element that runs through a personality that runs through them all because it allows you to be more creative with other elements of it that you can experiment with different things it's because it takes a pressure off well it just you don't need to worry about it sounding like a different band yeah. if you've got a strain that, that that's still in it obviously it's always just going to be us making it anyway so if, if you've got some sort of constant it allows you to be more to try other things with other parts that don't have to be so constant, do you know what I mean? And it can still sound, and it does still sound, and it is still the same band. Do you analyse like your songwriting and your music in that way, where you look at it and try and identify what are the constants that are linking all of this together? Or is it just something that's innate that you can kind of trust to happen naturally? It's just, I think it just, just happens. Ah, it just yeah. happens, mate. I never look at it as anything other than... Like, we don't sit and think, oh, we need to put this in because we need to have that link from here and needs to always have that in it. It just kind of naturally, I think, happens when we work on stuff what part of the process is fueled by constant thought when do you start looking at it and trying to identify things does that happen at any point i don't think it no i don't honestly don't think it does i think my singing style is always the same the way i'll deliver certain words is always the same it's just uh i i I, I certainly i never think about anything like i'm a lawyer is honestly just subconsciously it just it just happens um and as one of the things, if if you're true to you, if you're true to yourself and you're true to the song, then it'll just happen. But <laughs> I said that a couple of times. I as know, well. but I, I know, and I listen. Anybody that kens me, kens, I would never say shit like that. Um, but I, if you if you just take things for what they are, if you if you try and look at 
I mean, it's it's interesting about talking about looking at a subjective thing objectively. If you can look at it objectively, and what Mark's good at is he looks at he'll look at it objectively and say, "Well, look, it needs to it needs to have this. It needs to have this, this, this." Then everything can just kind of be subconscious. Uh, kind of if if he's if he's being conscious, then everyone else can be subconscious. So I think that's how it works. We were speaking earlier as well about the way that you'll frame something. What was the example you used? I love you to the moon and back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll frame that. You know, within the context of your kind of the way that you would naturally speak, and you can obviously you can see the way that you would naturally speak in yourself. Can you see that romantic side of yourself in yourself as well, oh, or is that more? A- yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I th- listen. I think it's a balancing act between. But, I mean, naturally, I think one of the reasons that people really responded with Noir is because it hit that that balance of it was colloquial came phrases like ducking and diving and came, but then it also hit the I could never ever despise you because and in, in, in the general terms like now that I'm getting over you I'm missing you under me and all this kind of thing which is just I'm missing okay, missing a bit, <laughs> a bit of that you know so um, I, I think in that sense that's how people people are able to relate to them. So I I, I think I, I try not to think about it too much. Um as like we're talking about it. It does kinda is a bit subconscious now, but I'm aware that, that they have to say a certain thing a certain way. Uh, and and getting the balancing act between being quite soft at times as long, and you can be quite soft at times and, and you can be quite gentle at times, but there has to be certain elements that, that s- stick a knife in you, that, that kind of snap you back for, for um, kind of being lulled into this sense of, oh, this is, this is a really nice song. Like, so why? I mean, I think a lot of them are, they're almost like working class love songs, kind of. Um, or that's how like I... Like the enemy? Uh, kind of, I like, a bit like that. I mean, they're massive influence specifically that first album like honestly such a big influence on me and, and it's very much just that I mean if you take We'll Live and Die in These Towns or This Song Is About You I mean fuck the words in these songs are just uh, unbelievable um, and I think that's why people love them so much because they strike a balancing act of of the sort of the universal this song is about you and, and it's all encompassing, but then it hits you with the finer details of kind of being in a cold flat and not having enough money to put the water on and and all these things. So it's it's very much a balancing act. I want to come back to a little bit, not to just touch on it one last time, but the characters of the songs and what, how you were saying there that when you say something that's pointed towards a person, it sounds like something that you would say. Because I was reading the other day, I think I was watching an interview with a writer who was saying that all description should describe the describer more than it describes the described object or person, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Is that something that you feel is applicable to your songwriting? Can you get more of a sense of you when you're speaking about something else? Um, well, I suppose you'd need to be the judge of that, wouldn't you? Or, any, or anyone that listened to the songs, really. You would need to be the judge of that, I think. Well, Sam, can you see that what can i see a sense of liam 
even when he's not talking about himself. Yeah, do you think you get more of a sense of Liam when he's talking about someone else than you do about the person he's speaking about? What can you tell about him when he's... I mean, look at this song, for instance, where you're speaking about, you know, you got the whole kind of high school... Speaking about, you know, running into people from high school when you're in town, what can yeah. you kind of tell about Liam from him saying that in this song? I think with this song, it's a... Uh, it could be Liam talking about Liam at the same time as it could be Liam talking about someone else. I hadn't thought about it like that. Do you know what I mean? At that yeah. I, Obviously, you can tell from the way he says things that it's Liam saying it, and you do get that impression of it's him talking. But with a song like this song specifically, I think it's more because it's more generally about life, it could apply to him as well. He could be talking about himself, even if he's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, they're. Uh, I always used to tell. I always used to tell my old, my old missus that they're. So I was like, oh, who's the songs about? I say, oh, it's about everybody. They're not about anybody, they're about everybody. That's what. That's kind of what I was saying there, though, whilst it is, I'm, you don't really get a sense of him describing anyone in particular in this song. I think he's just describing a lot of people. What's interesting, and I mean, what I'm conscious say is, there is a song coming that I think you would really have to know me, but you, you, would, you would be able to say, well, this could be about... Can this person or or certainly a lot of it could be about this person or whatever. So, but I I think the beauty good songs, if I can call them, if I have the right to call them good songs, is part your ego at the door. Uh-huh, <laughs> that the, they are um, they can be about anybody. Can you can you can listen to nothing compares to you, and you can go, oh God, she's right. Eh? Like I think just good songs have that universal element in them i think it's up to other people to attribute whether they can see me in them i mean i think you definitely can see me in them but can other other people will be able to tell you more than more than i will even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.